I'm doing. I managed to get myself a pretty awesome ear infection this weekend, so. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I'm sure you're grateful for that. That'll be lovely. Super excited about that. So, how about you? I, I'm doing pretty well. Did yours run the course through your household, or? Me? No. I, uh, so, like, my ear was bugging me, and it was, like, like Chinese water torture, and it just bugged me. Ooh too long and it made me crazy so i went to work on it and then i realized i overdid it when i stood up and then almost fell over from like inner ear you know like when you mess you have an inner ear problem and you just stand up and you're like "Uh uh-oh i'm falling and i don't know what to do (laughs) yikes man yeah so i did it to myself it was uh frustrating because now everybody's on the like high deductible insurance now, so no matter what you, even though you pay constantly for insurance, you still have to pay a ton when you go see a doctor. So it's like a two hundred yeah exactly two hundred dollar trip Ugh. just to get my ear to not hurt anymore. That's rough, man. <laughs> well, Under control now though. Like oh yeah, it's like like I said, I did it to myself. Yeah, I'm coming out of it. It stopped hurting. I think it's gonna stop hurting today. So <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's that's not actually funny, but just, uh, but oh it, yeah, no, things are good. It's it stopped hurting, hopefully, in the next little bit here. <laughs> Past tense verb, and then it's going to be resolved in the future. That is... That's what optimism is. That is some high-quality Englishing right there. <laughs> oh, that's, that's about right. You should, be, you should be happy that you never had to grade any of my papers. Tense is like something I've never been able to. I've just, for some reason, I can't grasp tense. Man, you and every other junior high student. <laughs> like, it's it's not something that would probably stand out. Except I'm not a junior high student. See, well, that's true. But in terms of if I were grading your papers. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Like, do you know that you need to capitalize the first letter of your first and last name? Well, I know. I got that one down. Okay, then then oh. you would not be the worst paper I graded. I'm good there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. We're here for yeah. uh, delicious beverages and meaningful conversations. Even if those conversations aren't always fully intelligible? No, no. Especially when you we get close enough. <laughs> uh, Do you have anything good to drink? I did, man. Uh, I was inspired by your California trip, and so when I saw something from Modern Times available, I had to mm. grab it. Man, they make good stuff. The Black House, Modern Times. So it's their coffee roasty stout. Okay. Technically, it's a coffee oatmeal stout. Ooh. And if you don't like beer, but you like coffee, you should just go ahead and get this. Mm-hmm. Because, like, legitimately, it tasted more like a lightly carbonated cold brew mm-hmm. than it did any beer I've ever had. Uh, so, you know, because they do their own coffee and everything, too, they're really proud of it. And they'll tell you about the fact that I think it's like 75% from 75% Ethiopian bean and 25% Sumatran. Mm-hmm. And like, it really is. It's a super smooth drink. It really did, though. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I would like pair it with. I don't know that I would have it with anything. Dessert. Like, it's more... Yeah, exactly. It's more of a beer where it's like, I'm going to be drinking this after I'm done eating and I'm just kind of conversing. Yeah. Because it really is like drinking a coffee. So yeah, basically, if you got a nice tiramisu or anything else that you would normally eat while having a coffee, this beer is probably okay to have with that. 
Yeah. But yeah, it was, it's really tasty. It's not like anything else I've ever had. I've had beers before that have kind of that coffee note, that roastiness right, to it. Right. But yeah, no, but this like, one this is got coffee. This in is straight it. up drinking a can of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that when I was out hanging out with Jamie Jarman, he opened one of those and I got to try it with him and it was fantastic. Like, being yeah. a coffee guy, I was like sitting there roasting coffee, drinking beer that tasted like coffee. I was like, yes, this is good. Uh-huh. This is goodness. <laughs> this is so if this was life, I'd be OK with that. Yes, exactly. That's that's the goal, man. That's the goal. <laughs> oh, so I uh, branched out a little bit this weekend and being secure in my masculinity decided did you get to get a rosé. I did get a rosé. <laughs> Oh, that's so perfect. Like, we legit... uh, So, tonight before we got on the podcast, we were having... It was the first time since the middle of May that all five of the housemates actually are back living in the house that we pay rent on again. Uh, Between summer trips, other people house-sitting, my house-sitting, all that kind of stuff. And so, we decided tonight we would do a house dinner. And there was a, a joke about the masculinity of some of our bourbon choices because it was too smooth and men don't drink bourbon because they're smooth. And my roommate Jim pointed out to the two people making that claim, really this coming from the two guys drinking their (laughs) rosé. And so as soon as you said, because you're secure in your masculinity, I was like, Oh, I'll bet I know where this is going. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Oh, and it's funny because literally you can walk into like any women's section in any clothing store. And there is a shirt that says rosé all day, like every store. Oh, yeah. All of them. And so uh, it's not just me. It's culture that thinks it's a women's wine. So Right. I also got it because BevMo is toting it because it's a uh, 99-point wine. So I have no idea what that means. So like uh, the point systems, you know, like this is a 92-point wine and this is an 89-point wine. I'm assuming scored out of 100? Yes. So coffee... In coffee, they use a point system, and it's uh, more about the quality of the coffee. So anything that's 80 points or above is considered specialty coffee. And then below okay. that, you have, like, trade coffee. And then below that, you have commodity coffee. And so all of the – so Starbucks and above, basically, will use 80 points and above. So the really hoity-toity ones are, like, right. 95-point coffees. They're going to charge you, like, $100 per bag. Dang. You know, like, so – there's that point mixed with bougie price point right. and all that nonsense. Uh, wine is kind of similar, right? So, you know, I buy in the 10 to $14 range, and usually you're you're getting 88s to 92s in the points. And, okay. you know, if you can find a 94, 92, you're like, ooh, this is a good deal because it's scored high and it's affordable. Right. This one by Chalice Lane is toted as being a 99 point wine which i can only imagine is the highest score i can't believe anybody actually gets 100 you would think you know otherwise it would be the perfect wine and i i just and don't then you don't try anything else you just keep doing that yeah absolutely and i just don't see a sommelier ever giving anybody a hundred percent you know so 99 point wine and it's 11 dollars, and it's buy one get one five cents at bevmo oh wow so you're basically getting a 99 point wine for what is that? Five fifty? Yeah, basically. Uh, and so I was a little bit skeptical, but this wine was really good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nice, really, really good. And 
surprised us. So it was, uh, I remember it because we just drank it this weekend. I did uh, the review on Instagram, but it said it had like summer flowers and raspberry as the aroma. Okay, you know, I can get into some of that. But then it was like strawberries, citrus, and watermelon as the flavor notes. Okay. And it was, for like a summer wine, it was Fan freaking tastic, man! And, and it was like sweet, but not syrupy sweet or sugary sweet. It was surprisingly really, really good. So awesome, man! I yep sat there on my couch drinking my pink wine in my house full of girls, <laughs> and said, "Yes, or like a queen this is on my her life. throne." Exactly. <laughs> this is my life, pink. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, you know it's good to make peace with it, man. Uh, it's. I have no choice. I have no for, choice. For all that talk about go not quietly into that good night. Sometimes, man. <laughs> sometimes. So, sometimes at least that means there's a good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so true. Yeah, no, it's funny because like my, my manager even tried to give me a hard time a while back because I was just drinking my coffee out of a pink Minnie Mouse cup. And I was like, you know what? I just, I don't have the energy to care anymore. Do I have cups yep. that aren't Minnie Mouse? Yeah, but I would have to look for it, and I'm just, it's not worth this the energy. This was here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> there have oh. been so many times I've had my morning coffee out of this, like, Valentine's Day multicolored heart mug <laughs> that one of my students gave me some candy in, like, a couple of years back. It's like, you know, this is not ideally what I would want to see, want people to see me drinking out That's of. That's not what I want to communicate to the world, yeah. But at the same time, you know what it does is it holds my coffee without burning my hand. <laughs> and that's kind of all I'm looking for this morning. So we're going to roll with this. It's either this cup or splash the coffee on my face. Uh, I'm good yeah, with the and cup. I've done that before on accident and it was not any fun. I'm going to go ahead and avoid that if I can. <laughs> all right, man. So the topic today uh, is about... I don't know. It's just something I've been kind of chewing on with. I've been very vague in my uh, posts because I've been chewing on it is opportunity. Like we have an opportunity coming up and, you know, mm-hmm. it's not solidified. So that's why I'm not just like blasting it out there to the world. But what we've been trying to do is trying to find a brewery that will work with us so that we can do like a pop up in their morning hours before they open. And we got a brewery that's excited about it. And so but we just haven't nailed it all down and figured it out. So that's what we're working on. And with the opportunity, me, I've just, I'm a worry wart, to be honest with you, and a bit of a control freak. So I've been looking at this. A couple of the things that you and I have in common. (laughs) Yes, yes. Been looking at this and saying, boy, a great opportunity means like you can either do a whole lot real fast or you can drive yourself into the ground real fast too. You know, it's kind of big risk, big reward at the same time. And so I've been kind of not panicked. I've actually been uh, fairly hopeful about this. I'm feeling pretty good about it. But my my default and the what I battle with is the panic, basically, and the freakouts and the because I can't control it and I can't control the outcome. Yeah. Yet until we get in there and we start working and then I can see what's real and then I can start working to get better outcomes. I just remember all of the times in which I have tried to get help in situations like this when you don't know the outcome and the response that I get a lot of the times is oh just trust god or have faith you know those are like some of the token terms that they throw out empty there empty phrases yeah and it's always always frustrated me so i was like you know what 
I want to hear what AJ's thoughts are on this. <laughs> and so I threw it at you yes, uh, yesterday, day before, whatever. Yeah, I think it was Saturday. And so I'm interested to hear hear your initial thoughts on that. Well, so again, because I'm kind of a systematic person, I can't help it. I want to first talk about what the heck that actually means, that idea of trusting God. Because first of all, let's acknowledge it is true. When people tell us to trust God, that is on one level good advice. Yes, it is a good thing to trust God. But what do you mean? What are you actually trying to tell me to do when you tell me that? Right. Are you telling me that I should just plow ahead unthinking because even if this blows up in my face, then obviously that means that was God's will that this blow up in my face. And so if it blows up, that's a good thing. Because if you're telling me that, then I feel like you're talking to me about a very kind of robotic rather than human relationship that you want me to have with God, where I'm on this track. God has put me here, and so I just have to follow this track wherever it goes, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so at that point, I feel like you're actually completely misunderstanding what our relationship is. It's almost fatalism. Yeah, it really is basically fatalism. Like, oh, just trust God. It'll come out. Well... Okay. On the other hand, the complete opposite of that are the people who say, I'm just trusting God that it's going to work out. And then they don't do anything. Their trust in God, it means that they believe God will just do all the work for them. Mm -hmm. And all they have to do is keep talking about how they trust him and then everything will work out fine. And that's instead of misunderstanding our role, although that is partially what's happening there. What's happening there, to me, on a much bigger level, is misunderstanding God's role. They're viewing God as this genie in a bottle, where if I just tell God what I want to happen, and I trust him, then God will make that thing happen exactly the way I want him to. Right. Which would be, like, honestly, if God worked that way, we'd all be screwed. Hmm. Uh, it's like Bruce Almighty, where everybody got what they wanted and the whole city went to crap. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> because, like... Morgan Freeman as God in that movie has this great line where he says, since when do people know what they want? Right. Which is exactly true. Because our prayer to God shouldn't be about us trying to change his mind. Like, let's think about what that would mean for a second. If my prayer is supposed to change God's mind and, and he's supposed to change his plan for me based on my prayer, then what you're telling me is this all-knowing, all-loving, all-good, perfect being should change his plans based on me. <laughs> a not perfect, a not all-knowing, a not all-good. In fact, on some days, a very little good. <laughs> like, really, should I be the one who's giving him advice on how it should go? So both of those are really big, problematic misunderstandings. And they're hard, too, because they don't actually, there's no practical applications. Exactly. Both of those are ideas where it's like, really basically coming down to is this idea of what you do doesn't matter right and so it you're mm. you're taking yourself out of a position of agency and instead you're just saying god i trust you do do what you want with this which on the one hand is a very good prayer if properly understood if what you're saying is god i'm putting in my best efforts on this this is what i think i'm supposed to be doing and so I'm going to strive for this, but I trust that you will guide me and that ultimately, like you, like they, like uh, St. Paul says in Romans chapter eight, verse 28, 
We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And so that's more of if we look back at, for example, when you had the former coffee company and you were doing what you thought was the right thing with it. And ultimately, it didn't go where you wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. That wasn't God failing you or God breaking you or anything like that. It was his way of kind of steering us into this opportunity. Right. And so if we genuinely believe that what we're doing right now is what we're supposed to be doing and we're putting our best efforts into it, then even if it doesn't pay off the way we want it to, there will be a payoff in there and we can trust God in that. But that's not us putting our hands up and saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Right. You'll notice people don't actually encourage that approach when they're on the highway. <laughs> like, that's a really bad idea. Oh, so, so true. Th- that's the thing is like, we've got to have a proper understanding of what it means to trust in God. And if we have that proper understanding, then I think we can see where that idea of does it help us is kind of a yes and no proposition. Like almost everything seems to be whenever we talk about it. Right. Which, which I know has got to be frustrating. It's frustrating for me, but it's still true. So it's what I'm stuck with. And so really quick before we keep going, like I get, I get stuck with just the idea of like, I know what the word trust means and I know how that applies in like human relationships Right. Are, is that the same understanding that we're supposed to apply to a relationship with God? Is just that, like, I trust that they're going to, or I believe that they will come through. I define trust by consistency, right? I trust somebody because okay. they have consistently performed in a way that I can expect. And that expectation is defined as trust in my brain. Okay. And I don't think that's an inaccurate way to look at it. You know, you look at throughout human history and as you look through the old testament and the new testament and you see all these times where god came through for his people and then you look at your own life and you see these times where things went better than you had any business expecting them to or things went really bad and yet they weren't as bad as they probably should have been and so you've got this trust that god is there with you that god is pulling you through it even if sometimes you don't realize it until after the fact so i don't think that's an inaccurate way to look at it i feel like trust is one of those things where it is kind of uh it's kind of a hard word to really pin down and define right but yeah i i think for me trust is trust is my confidence in the goodwill of the other like i i'm confident that this person genuinely is trying to do what they think is best for me and so with god the difference between it's like i trust you Right. But you're still a human being. And so sometimes my trust in you is going to backfire. Not because you're a jerk, but it's going to backfire because while you were intending to do what was good and what was the best you could do in that situation, you didn't have the perfect amount of information. Right. You didn't know what was best. The difference is God does. So if we believe that God genuinely wills our good, then that trust is easier to put completely in him because the only way for God to break that trust is for him to go against who he is by his very nature, by his essence. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Because uh, I was kind of losing myself midway through it, no, so I was worried. Taking the position that God always has a goodwill towards us and isn't 
going to spite us, basically. Like it, if yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, I can get. That's a really that. good way to put it. Yeah, God, God isn't looking to spite us. Now, sometimes, kind of like a parent who has told you not to touch this because it's going to hurt, right. and then you like stare that parent down and are like, "Well, I'm going to do it anyway." So what? Sometimes God <laughs> allows us to experience those pains. Yes in a way that can be educational for us right it's like the difference between letting your child eat something that you've told them is too hot and they need to wait but they don't want to so they eat it and then they burn their mouth that's funny versus that idea of telling your child you know look both ways before you go into the street and then they're ignoring you and so you let them get hit by a car like those are two very different (laughs) things one of those is educational one of those is negligence correct (laughs) And so, like, it's an extreme example, but I find those are the ones that tend to work the best. Right. Now, it's funny. That's kind of what it is. I actually use a phrase with uh, my girls, and I'm sitting there saying, like, boy, I should have been saying this to myself the whole time, is that, you know, they always get mad when they don't get exactly what they want. And my phrase is always, you don't always get what you want the way you want it when you want it. Like, it just just doesn't always work out that way. And, uh, you know, and that's more for me just trying to get them to let go of the fact that it had to be a very specific way. Like they had an expectation and if it didn't happen exactly that, then they're disappointed. Whereas, uh, you know, like I look at my books, uh, the good authors actually give you what you want in the ending, but mm-hmm. not, not in the way that you wanted it. So you're satisfied, but you're also kind of surprised by it. And so I feel like that's kind of how, how God works in this too, is that he, our trust is that it's goodwill. We're going to get there but it just might not look like what you have set in your brain. And that's okay. Absolutely. And it's, so it's funny once again, the way things just kind of work out. So you said on Saturday that this is kind of what you wanted to talk about. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I started thinking through what were some of the things I wanted to kind of approach with it and all that. And then this Sunday, uh, the gospel reading was the, the Our Father, when Jesus was teaching it to his mm-hmm. disciples. And the priest in the homily made this reference to something St. Augustine said that I think, and this is where the idea of trusting God is actually helpful, where it can be beneficial for us. It's this idea of us focusing on building that habit and helping others around us to build the habit. And he talked about the, he mentioned that St. Augustine said that God has three basic ways of answering our prayers. He answers all of them. Either he answers them with a yes, or he answers them with a no, or he answers them with a not yet. And the other thing he pointed out is that God answers our prayers for what we really want, not necessarily what we asked for, Mm -hmm. which is a big thing. Because ultimately, when we pray for something, what is it we really want? We want happiness. Yeah. And so these things that we pray for, these are things that we think will make us happy. And so when we pray for that, and God says, well, if I give you that, you're actually going to be intensely disappointed by how little impact it has on your happiness. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to give you this, which will give you what it is you're actually looking for, what you actually want. Right. And I remember, of course, me having forgotten most of the Bible that I've read, something about the prayers from the heart, like it's... uh... Sorry, you can just delete all of that. No, no, no. But there's, uh... no, no, because it it's actually so in the Gospel of Luke, the Our Father is like a very abbreviated one, mm-hmm. and then after it, and that was the reading. It was talking about that idea: who among you would 
give your child a snake when they ask for a fish or a scorpion when they ask for an egg. So if you who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so your father in heaven? Yeah. And so like he's not like you said earlier, he's not looking to spite us. Right. Right. I like that. But where this idea of telling people to trust God is super not helpful is when it's in that context of advice. Right. Like when someone's going through something tough, and I think we talked about this before too, like worthless things you can say to someone at a funeral. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. You know, like this is on that list. It absolutely is. Just because it's true doesn't mean it's helpful or worth saying. Right. And so I, I feel like the problem with using trust God as advice that you give to someone is that number one, it's kind of patronizing. Because what you're really implying is, especially when you're talking to a person of faith, when you tell a person of faith to trust God, what you're actually saying is, you know, the problem is you don't actually trust God. Right. And so now you're evaluating my relationship with him. And it's invalidating your feelings. Yeah, exactly. And I'm super pissed off now. So Mm -hmm. even if anything you say after that is actually good, helpful advice, I'm not hearing it because you came across as a jerk. And so I'm kind of done with you already. Yep. Very true. Very true. See, for me, being overly practical, a very pragmatic person, like when I'm asking for this stuff, like I'm looking for tangible, like a how-to almost. Now, I realize that when it comes to matters of faith, you're not always going to get a, a manual that tells you step A to step B. But <laughs> Very rarely. But, you know, but when you're working through a problem, being told to trust God or just to have faith doesn't help at all because... Really what it sounds like to me when I hear that, when people say it to me, it sounds more like, I don't know, but I'm going to cover it with this religious response that makes it sound like I'm super religious and you're the one struggling. And maybe maybe that's my own pettiness, but I would respect so much more if you just said, you know what, I don't know, but why don't you go pray and do this and trust in God doing that? And I'd be like, okay, I could get behind that. But if you just, you know, put your hand on my shoulder and say, trust God. That, that yeah. doesn't help me solve my problem at all. Well, and again, it's kind of one of those things like almost all advice, whether it's going to be helpful or not, or almost all conversation really even more generally is going to kind of come down to knowing your relationship with that person. So if, for example, I'm going to a priest friend and we're talking on a spiritual level about things and he tells me, you know what, AJ, it sounds to me like you're not trusting God as much as you should and you need to work on that okay, you know what? That's the kind of stuff I came here for. That's what this conversation is about. Right. But if on the other hand, you're going to a friend of yours who has some business experience or even just some life experience that you're wanting to tap into when you're talking about a business opportunity or how to manage balancing all these different things, you didn't go there for a spiritual lesson. Right. Like that's not what this was about. That's not what I was expressing to you. Right. Like I already know that. I already know that I need to be praying. I don't appreciate you assuming I'm not. I already know that I need to trust God. I don't appreciate you assuming that I'm not. But I came here because part of my trusting in God, I'm trusting that sometimes he speaks to me through other people. Mm -hmm. And so I thought perhaps you would have something in your perspective that I was missing and that would be helpful. Right. If that's not the case, then like you said, yeah, just be honest with me. Just tell me. Like, man, I don't know. I have no idea what to do with that, man. That sounds rough. Right. That's so much more helpful. It it absolutely is. Yes. Because at least then it's like, okay, Empathy. so you didn't have necessarily advice, but at least I know I'm not the only person 
who's confused by this. Yeah, running around not I'm knowing not what to do. I'm not a moron. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm stupid. It's that the, this is actually a tough thing, and that's been validated for me. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and it's weird how just having somebody empathize or, like you said, validate your feelings that this is hard or this is tough and that it's okay that you don't know puts your feet back on the ground and your yes you know and your weight over your spine and you can go and you can start working on it again because right i think a lot of the times it's not that we're not equipped it's that we're overcome and you know it could be a pity party it could just be over you know the sense of being overwhelmed and sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to have permission to forgive yourself or to say i'm overwhelmed this is crazy but you know what other people are feeling the same thing so and they're doing it, so it's okay. Like it's okay to feel this way, and it's okay for me to just keep moving forward and keep getting uh, that validation and that empathy. Is so much more helpful than somebody disguising their own sense of overwhelm with a religious response by pretending to be a sage. Right. Right. But yeah, so I think ultimately, when we talk about the idea of trusting God, I feel like again, I'm I'm also pretty practical in terms of my evaluation of things and so for me the only way that i can ever tell whether i'm trusting god or not is looking back on it afterwards mm-hmm. and kind of knowing what it would look like if it were happening and so like when we tr- when we put our trust in god or when we attempt anything either way realistically there are to borrow from kind of the baseball analytics language there, they talk about the fact that in any at-bat, there are only three real outcomes. Well, in life, there are only two real outcomes. Either we're going to succeed or we're going to struggle. Uh-huh. And so what does it look like in those two things? In the midst of struggle, if you're actively really trusting in God, there will be peace even in the midst of that struggle because you know the struggle is not the end. Mm-hmm. That ultimately, even if, so this opportunity we're trying to chase down, if this blows up in our face, that's super frustrating. Right. And that sucks. But we're going to freaking keep on going, though. Yeah, exactly. It ain't the end. Right. It's like, okay, so what we thought was a step up the mountain was actually us just hitting a speed bump. Okay, fair enough. We got to keep rolling. Mm-hmm. And so in the midst of adversity, to be able to have that peace and that confidence coming through that's where you're going to see evidence of you trusting and again it's not a promise of success right it's a promise that you will be okay even if you fail right that this failure is not an ultimate failure it's a learning experience going back to when god allows us to suffer and again allows us does not cause us but when he allows us to suffer it's so that that suffering can be a learning opportunity for us so that we can grow stronger and better from it Right. And sometimes that's the only way we can learn. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> On true. On the flip side, oh, go for it. No, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, that was feedback that I got because I was dealing with a bunch of anxiety, again, struggling with not being able to control our outcome. And that was what they told me is that, you know, you're a control freak. I get that. They're like, mm-hmm. but you're not trusting at all. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, I don't, I'm struggling with this whole trust thing. And he's like, you think that, if this fails, that's going to be the end. You're done, but you're going to be okay. Like you're not trusting that at on the other side of this, that like you walk through the dark tunnel on the other side, that you're going to be fine, that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Even if you fall on your face, you can get back up. You're going to be fine. And 
that's true. I mean, even if it completely crashed and burned, like I'm still going to be good. I'm still going to have my family. I'm still going to have a roof over my head. I still have a work ethic. If I lost the job and all that crap, like I'll be okay. It'll suck, you know? Yeah. But it'll, I'll, I'll come out on the other side and that trust. That's what that trust is, is knowing and work walking in a type of confidence, even though you don't know the outcome, you know that the outcome will be a good because there's a good will that's direct. Exactly. Right. And on the flip side, though, when things go well, if you're not trusting in God, then when things go well, there's a tendency to believe that uh, I did this. <laughs> this yeah. is all me. Yeah. And there's this pridefulness that swells up. And the difference is if you're trusting in God, then there's also the recognition that God enabled you to be in this position, that God made this possible. And so there's a humility to your triumph. It's like... I didn't do this entirely on my own. I did this by cooperating with God. And so I can still find pleasure and enjoyment in this. And even a little bit of that good kind of healthy pride. Right, right. You but know, you can feel good I'm not going to get arrogant about it. I I, uh, I have a phrase that I've used because I've made that mistake once or twice. And I decided that, you know what, from now on, I'm going to live by the philosophy of don't give crap, don't get crap, which means. Yeah, there you go. Because every time I would start talking trash, like we did with the Luana's. Especially on the cornhole bags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like that. But even every time I'm feeling good about it and I'm like, oh, yeah, look at me, Joe Hotshot. It's a mouthful of crap the next time, right? Like, it's <laughs> it's just exactly how it goes. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's what I'm being taught is if the more you talk crap, the more you're going to eat crap. So just stop talking crap and realize that it's not it's not you, Hotshot, you know, and. There it is. And it's helped a lot, actually. <laughs> it, it kind of, it balanced, instead of everything being peaks and valleys, so even though you're kind of progressing forward, you slightly inclined, there's peaks mm-hmm. and valleys when you're doing that, whereas more of like a just a straight line where you can just kind of progress and work with God rather than him having to let you trip and fall just yeah. because you got too, uh, too big for your pants. So I like that. I like that. Uh, what life lesson would you pull from this? I think for me, the big thing, and it kind of ties into what we were just talking about in terms of whether in success or failure in good times or in bad, that idea of this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a phrase that we need to keep in mind. Like when things are going bad, this too shall pass is a reminder of the hope for what's coming Mm -hmm. on the other side of this struggle. And when things are going well, this too shall pass a reminder that, yeah, enjoy the good times and enjoy the good things that are happening. But remember, even the good things we experience in this life aren't the ultimate end. Right. That ultimately, mm. we're still going for something better. And so don't get too caught up in it. Yeah, you don't hear the... the You hear that around the negative side. You don't hear a lot of consideration of that phrase on the positive side. Yeah. That's a good point. See, for me, I think it's around the uh, the advice part. My life lesson would be, I guess it's empathy. Really. And like you're talking mm. about how you got to know the person that you're talking to and be be genuine. If you don't know, say I don't know, but be genuine with that person. And I think about this one always stuck out to us because during our miscarriage, you know, you got all of the you got all of those phrases, all the token phrases. Yep. And there was and it was this is where you won all the points with Kristen is that your, your simple response was just I will pray for you. For the three of you, which was just Kristen and I and our baby boy who we just lost. And it just like hit everybody. And you're like, that's 
what I needed. I, I didn't need you to tell me to have faith. I needed somebody to sit with me and cry or whatever. You're like, that's what we needed. And so sometimes when it comes to advice, uh, I think empathy is more important than, I'm going to say wisdom, but I'm using it as like fake human wisdom. wisdom, human wisdom. Yeah. You know, like I don't always need you to be wise. Sometimes I just need you to be there, you know? And Absolutely. I think, I think that's big. So when you feel the impulse to say, Oh, just trust God, maybe dig a little deeper and find out why are they struggling with doubt or, you know, is it good? Is it bad? And there might be a more human, human response, human element there than a religious coding that they need. Yep. So, all right. All right, man. Got anything else on your brain? Nope. I'm pretty well spent. Right on. All right. With that, we will say adieu. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to another Inkledoo podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, please do us a favor and make sure to share it on all your own social media so that other people can find us and enjoy us as well. 